Hey. What's up? Welcome to Weird and Feared. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we do in this podcast? We get weird. We get weird. And sometimes it's fearful. It is. Or other times it's cheerful. Is it? I don't know. I, I just, mean, we have fun with it. Yeah, I almost got in so a... So I guess that's cheerful. That's true. I almost got in a rhyming tangent, which is a bad way to start the show. Hey. Yeah. We're not poets. No, we're not poets. But um, we talk about monsters, madness, and mayhem, uh-huh. and other assorted topics. Yes, we do. And I think we're about to get into a doozy. Oh, yeah. What do you think? You think so? Yeah, I'm very excited about this one. Because previous podcasts, I treat you to a story, you treat me to a story, and well, that's still going to happen. Mm-hmm. We both know what the topic is. We both do know takes, what the topic is this time. But we don't know the specific treats we'll be serving to each other. No, you kind of focused on some aspects, and uh-huh. I focused on others. Yes. Almost like a, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean. So, hopefully, we don't, I don't think we're going to overlap at all. No, I don't think we do, because I think you focus on a specific part, and I focus on a specific, a specific mm-hmm. part. Not a specific part. We're not going to the ocean. No, we're not. We're actually staying... Definitely not the Pacific, at least. No, We're yeah, that's true. East Coast this East time. East Coast, baby. All right, man, let's do it. All right. So, what's one thing that every person on this planet has in common? Um, one thing? One thing. We all have it in common. We all die? Yeah. Is that it? We all go through our lives seeing everything <laughs> from our own unique, unique perspectives. Yeah. The one thing that ties us all together is death. Holy shit. We all... Will one day die. I'm glad I answered your question accurately. Such is life, though, you know? That's true. That's true. But when will it come for you? You know? When will it come for me? When will it come for those we hold dear? I have no idea. Most of the time, we try not to think about it because it's pretty morbid. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Which is why I'm glad when you asked me that question, I got it right. Like, help. Right, yeah. No, I mean, it's a pretty... Maybe I think about that... Pretty morbid thing. Maybe I think about that too much. But that's why we got years of folklore... Covering death omens. And these omens are why we fear some kind of ridiculous things, really. It's true. So, we I'm going to read you some omens right now. All right. Okay. Black cats. Yeah. The meowing of a black cat at midnight is a sure sign of coming death. Well, I got to get ready to punch my brother's cat at midnight. There you go. Yeah. A German superstition states that if a black cat sits on the bed of a sick person, it is a sign that they will die. You got a little bit of cold right now. Make sure your brother's cat doesn't sit on your bed. Yeah, I hope that door's closed. If a black cat crosses in front of a funeral prose- procession, someone in the family of the deceased will die in three days. It's so precise. Oh, wait for this one. Okay. Finally, if a railroad worker sees a black cat crossing the tracks at night, it means that at least one member of the crew will die. I hate everything. What? How uh, do... Uh, yeah, well, uh, bees. If bees swarm a rotten tree... There will be a death in the family, owning or living on the property within one year. Likewise, bees swarming a house are a sign of coming doom. If if bees swarm around a tree in the forest and no one's around to see it, does someone die? I don't know. I don't know. I just It reminded me of that. If a tree falls in the woods, nobody sees it. If nobody sees the bees, but then again, then you would, you would just miss the omen. Birds and bats. If a bird flies into your house, there will soon be a death in the family. One of the sure omens of death is a bird entering the bedroom of a sick person and landing on the bedpost. Now, seeing six crows is a sign of coming death. Some believe that a whip- whippoorwill singing near the house is an omen of death. Others just believe it's trouble. Seeing two turtle doves together in a tree means death is coming. This one got me. If a sparrow attacks a swallow and throws it from the nest on or near a home, a son will be born and a daughter will die. How do you... How would you even notice that? Hold on, this one has got me personally. A woodpecker knocking on the house is a death omen. Because my house is made of cedar, and I've been battling woodpeckers. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they peck on houses made of wood. Yeah, so I haven't died yet. Your houses are made houses are mostly made of wood. Owls. You walk under a tree in the evening and an owl hoots right above your head. It means a relative or friend of yours will die within a year. I mean... I've we got a barn owl. Uh, or no, it's a great horned owl. Yeah, on the property here, uh-huh. and it's in the tree above where I park my car. So sometimes it's above me at night. I mean, I don't. I have so many questions. Dogs. Dogs scratching on the floor is an ominous omen. 
the howling of dogs in a house with an ill person is a bad sign. You know what all these omens have in common? <laughs> Somebody's already sick. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Somebody might already be on their way out. Yeah. And back in the day, well, people had trouble living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are some omens. <laughs> we, there's, the list goes on and on. Yeah. I'm reading these off uh, superstition.com. Great. Or superstitiondictionary.com. Oh, even more Because that's a thing. Yeah, but uh, those are fun. That makes me happy. Oh, my God. But death... It's not really what we're talking about tonight. No, it's Though not. it could be a fun topic for later, you know, Valhalla, reincarnation, heaven, hell, nothing. Eh, who knows? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Nobody really knows, right? No. Unless you're dead. Yeah. But what we were talking about tonight, we'll touch on nearly everything supernatural. Thank God. Or not. Indian curses. Indian burial mounds. Oh, my God. Aliens. Oh, my God. Cryptids. Ghosts. The men in black. Oh, my God. Mutants. Secret military projects. Oh, wow. Well, dude, I have a a spare pair of pants in my car for this exact situation. (laughs) Uh I might have to change change the ones I have on. Most of that, we're going to have to just gloss over because we don't need a six-hour podcast of me losing my shit. Okay. Well, I mean... We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But what we're really talking about tonight is the Mothman. <sighs> the Mothman. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful entity. Yeah. He's got a lot going on. So much going on. It's unbelievable. So in order to properly tell the tale of the Mothman, I'm going to have to start in the late 1700s. Let's do it. With the curse of Chief Cornstalk. The area of West Virginia and Ohio that make up the Ohio River Valley were typically avoided by the Native Americans because it was well known as haunted lands. Okay. However, we know the U.S. government and Native Americans didn't always see eye to eye. We'll, when? we'll just say that. When? <laughs> uh-huh. That sounds like fake news to me. So Cornstalk was a chief of the Shawnee, which oh. we've discussed before. Intriguing. At length. Go on. Um, so yeah. I, he was on a diplomatic mission where we, he was to act as a hostage uh, to keep his tribe and fellow tribes from attacking the... U.S. soldiers. Okay. He volunteered himself up, some say. Others say he went willingly, but was then taken hostage. So, it's kind of up for debate, but... Sure, well, I, I mean, I'm sure the American government would never go back in a deal with a Native American. Right, well, he was actually very well taken care of. He actually helped the people, uh, the soldiers, the U.S. soldiers, with mapping the area and he was trying to make peaceful he made the effort yeah get some cartography going on mm-hmm. nice so he was a hostage but he was treated well plenty of food he had his own living quarters all that stuff mm-hmm. um however some time goes by a few soldiers go out hunting and who knows what really happened but one ended up dead oh. from what was said to be an Indian ambush. Oh, geez. Uh, seeing one of their brethren killed, the soldiers disobeyed orders in a frenzy and decided to execute the prisoners. Yikes. The hostages. There um, was Chief Cornstalk was one of three hostages that went, and his son was there at the time. No. Too. And it is said that while laying on the floor dying, he uttered a curse, oh, and no. I have what is supposedly the curse in quotes here. I was the border man's friend. Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and lands. I refused to join your pale-faced enemy with the redcoats. I came to the fort as your friend, and you murdered me. You have murdered by my side my young son. For this, may the curse of the Great Spirit rest upon this land. May it be blighted by nature. May it even be blighted in its hopes. May the strength of its people be paralyzed by the stain of our blood. 
I took that from prairieghost.com. Nice. Yeah. We've used them before. We have. I just, oh my God, everything's terrible. Right. And so this area has actually been plagued by floods, fires, the worst coal mine disaster in USA history. Oh, geez. Where 310 men died. A tornado ripped through the area, killing 150. Oh, my God. And all this happens before 1960. (sighs) And this, in 1966, is where a series of strange, very strange events begins to take place. God damn it, guys. Woodrow Derenberger was a typical Appalachian man and a salesman who lived in Mineral Wells, West Virginia. On Wednesday, November 2nd, 1966, approximately 7.30 p.m., he was returning to his home He had a, when he had a strange experience. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> I'm sure he did. He was driving in his red panel truck on Route 77 in Parkersburg, West Virginia. He claimed that he saw a flying metallic cigar-shaped craft the ship traveled right by his truck and blocked the roadway ahead and gradually made him slow down to a stop onto the side of the road. Woodrow described the vehicle resembling a kerosene lamp chimney. The aircraft was hovering about 12 inches off the road. A door opened on the craft and a being exited the ship and the door shut with a loud thunk. The being walked right up to Darren Berger's truck window. Derenberger described the being as looking like an ordinary man off the street, six feet tall, about 35 years of age, olive complexion, dark brown hair, and wearing a glossy metallic dark blue coat. <laughs> that seems pretty specific. Right. That coat, that coat left an impression. Uh, yeah, it's like something out of the 80s, you'd, you'd think. I want that coat. Yeah. The man spoke to Woodrow telepathically. His mouth did not move. Intriguing. Instead, he had a fixed smile on his face. The man looked through the truck's window and said, without saying, something along the lines of, roll down your window. I want to talk to you. During their communication, the man called himself Indrid Cold. Fuck. Oh, yeah. This is like a a whole thing. Oh, I know that name. Yeah. Also known as the Grinning Man. He's pretty common in uh, alien and abduction stuff. Like, across the country. Like that specific name? That name. Not, I mean, that's a whole thing. Yeah. If, and, yeah. We're not getting, well, we're I not figured, going into that too well, much. When I heard you start talking about a spaceship, I'm like, we're probably going to leave that alone. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> we're going to touch on it a bit. Okay. All right. Never mind. He, to- he told Woodrow that he meant no harm. In the famous Derenberger interview, he said, I was very frightened. And as far as I can understand, this was all mental. There were not words spoken from him i knew that he was asking me but yet he stood there and his mouth did not move he had a smile on his face he appeared very courteous and friendly indrid cold and mr derenberger's conversation lasted about 10 minutes cold told him we eat we breathe we sleep we bleed even as you do and before he returned to his craft he said we will see you again and i took this off a mothman fandom oh god I love that website, and I love that story. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God, man. So weird stuff's starting to happen. The spaceship. Yeah. The sp- yep. This guy came down this, like a... This smiling man just doesn't stop smiling. In this badass blue blazer. Mm-hmm. If I start wearing a blue blazer, I'm not going to tell anybody why. Yeah. But you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> so 10 days later... Five grave diggers are at work digging a grave near uh, Clendon, West Virginia, in a uh, graveyard. All claim to have seen a man-like figure fly out from the trees and pass directly overhead. All right. Another man claimed he was at home watching TV with his wife when the TV started to hum and make a high-pitched squeal, like ringing sound. And it wouldn't, it just kept building and building and building. Sure. So he got up and he tried to turn the TV off. But as he approached, the high-pitched hum just finally shattered. Jesus. And the dog howling 
out on the front porch. He went to see what it was. And he saw the dog take off towards what looked like red lights. Uh, he described it as looking like a helicopter, like, because it was two red lights kind of circling very rapidly. Okay. But he said there was no sound coming from it whatsoever. And the dog was a big hunting dog, and it ran off to chase after it, and he said he called after it, nothing happened. Uh, the hair on his neck was kind of like sticking up, and yeah. he went back inside to find his wife cleaning up the broken glass from the TV, and... Didn't think too much of the dog, but I guess he just kind of, it's, there were a few accounts that said he like slept with his gun, but then on a documentary I watched, I don't remember him saying anything about that. Okay. Because it actually had him recalling that night. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So, but his dog went missing. So the story that really introduces the world to the Mothman here, I'm going to read you the a copy of the police report from one of the four that saw it. So this is going to be a minute. Go for it. So I'm going to sip my beverage. Do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Mary Mallet's report. So the four of us were riding around between 1130 and 12 o'clock Tuesday, November 15th, 1966, when we came in from behind the old powerhouse, and as soon as we came up in seeing distance of the powerhouse, Steve first seen this thing along the side of the road, and it ran to the powerhouse. That is when I first saw a thing which appeared to be a man about six feet tall, with wings on its back, and red eyes two inches in diameter, and about six inches, inches apart. The Scarberries also saw this thing at the corner of the powerhouse, and we all seemed to be stunned. And he took off out the road at a fast speed, and as we drove back toward town on Route 62, we saw this man with wings standing on a bank, but I could not see his head, and as soon as our lights hit the bank, you could see his eyes plainly. And it seemed to take off upward very fast. Well, we all saw that, and Roger, the driver, speeded down the road, and as we speeded down the road on the straight stretch at a speed of 100 or 105, the thing glided over the top of our car, back and forth, until we drove into the lights by the armory. The thing never once flew in front of our car. It seemed to be afraid of the lights. We drove down through town and stopped in the lights at about Dairyland to talk, and we all discussed it. And Linda said, I think we should go to the police but we didn't. Then we decided to go back. Hmm. Bold move. We got about, we got as far as CC. Uh, I don't know. That's in parentheses. So mm. Lewis's gate. Sure. Because we were not really for going back. As Roger turned the car around and the, the lights moved over a large dead dog along the side of the road. That's just something cool to come across. It's a big dead dog. Remember, a dog just went missing, too. Same night. <sighs> shit. Yeah, shit. As we turned, something ran from behind a tree and jumped over the top, over top the back of our car and ran out through the field. Then was when we decided we should tell someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Someone needs to know about this right now. Mm-hmm. This just became real, real. Yeah, so... And this continues. Go on. And this is a copy of the re- police report I found on, what was the website? Oh, it was the Mothman fandom again. Okay. Like, they had a bunch of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I took this right off. It had pictures of the handwritten uh, police reports. Okay. And from, as far as I can tell, this is a straight-up uh, dictation it. of it. Great. Good. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. We went down by Tiny's drive-in, and Gary and a couple others were just coming out of the door, so we told him what we had seen. We were all frightened, and the first thing he asked us was, Have you kids been drinking? <laughs> it's, a, it's the first question you need to ask. Seems reasonable. It's like the there's like a checklist. There's like boxes. Yeah. It's like, it's like right, number first, one. Yeah. Have you been drinking? Next one. Have you been smoking pot? Mm-hmm. What else have you been doing? Right. And have you slept? 
Are you crazy? Are you an insane person? So our answer was no, we had not been drinking. Good call. So we asked Gary to call the police, and he did. We waited on the police, and when they arrived, we decided that the four of us would go up the road ahead of everyone. So we all did. As we were driving up the road, we saw it again in a field, and it came up behind us. And when Gary's lights could be seen behind us, the thing left again, and we turned at the traffic circle and went back. Millard Halstead, uh, he's the sheriff. Okay. Searched the tree stop treetops with his searchlights and we all went back to tiny's and the four of us got in the car with gary went back and in the dark area on the left side of the road i seen two large red eyes and all i could do was point and burst into tears as fright came into me so the reason i cho- chose her uh report yeah out of the four was sure because she was the only one that saw it again this time good but other than that everybody's stories are pretty much spot on here okay which is not something like they were all interviewed separately after this right so that's a huge thing with with people talking about them if they don't embellish or if they keep it the same right and that's the only reason i chose this one is because she sees it again okay and she addresses it here she says but none of the other four saw anything there so we turned at the traffic circle again and went back into town and gary told millard of our frightening experience and we got into the car with Millard and went back to the powerhouse and sat there with our doors locked and the lights off. We could all see shadows coming over the building. I said, I can see those eyes and Millard put the spotlight right on them without asking any direction in which we were looking. Millard turned the lights on and we all seen something looking like dust or smoke. So the one other thing that somebody else said was it looked like dust or smoke kind of as if something leapt up like a ventilation shaft or something like that. Got it. We seen that twice. And when we came back and got Roger's car, we all went to the trailer. We decided to stay with them that night. We were all so frightened. We locked the doors and turned on all the lights and stayed up all night. (sighs) Yeah. We went back to the old powerhouse the next day and them and, uh, I guess it's unintelligible, something there, mm-hmm. uh, went with us. The men took their guns and went through the old powerhouse. Roger was on top of the building, and Steve was inside looking around, and Roger came down to the outside when we heard Steve yell, come back here. Roger came down before anyone else went into the place, and he said he opened one of the boiler doors and saw something move upward, then more unintelligible writing came and looked through the old building. We all were looking around the place and found some funny prints like a double hoof print of a horse. When we all returned home, we stayed together most of the time. About 9.30 that evening, we heard that it was seen at Thomas's, so we went directly up there and the men took their guns that night. We saw tracks up there and we went home about 12.30. We all stayed together for that night. The next day was Thursday and we went back with the TV reporters and all... The men looked in the building and came back to talk with us when they heard a clang in the building and went back to investigate the noise. One of the doors of the boilers had been opened. The evening we all went back, the reporters from the, me- the, reporters from the messenger went up. While they were all looking at the building, Linda saw the eyes in a field, and Mrs. Heyer also saw the eyes. On the way home, right before we got into the Point Pleasant Resort, I saw it better than I had ever seen it before. I could see the complete outline of it and the eyes, but I could not see any head. Yes. So. Oh, my God. So these are police reports. Yeah. I love how personal that one is because we always, well, we've already talked about stories where people grab guns and go looking for a monster. Mm-hmm. This is a very personal hunt. It's not a crowd. It's two specific dudes with the girls. Mm-hmm. Looking and, for and this the beast. sheriff. And the sheriff, absolutely. And then it starts, from there, it starts to become a big thing, though. Oh, man. And I wasn't going to touch on it. Sure. But there's definitely a bunch of people running around with guns at some point here. Yes, good. Yeah. Yes. Mass. A mass was happening. Oh, yeah. So, this is the, that's the, those police reports. So, the couples interviewed, everybody's interviewed separately, the sheriff, they all gave the same account of the night's events. Um, that's really what kind of just started 
this whole thing becoming a, a big thing. It would eventually, you know, it, yeah. it, it became huge. It well, came, like, like we've said in the past, like there's not a lot to do. Like the newspapers are, no. like there's no internet. It's so. a huge point to mention. There's like three channels. You read the newspaper. Well, okay. You read it, it's done. Like the internet is a newspaper that never stops. You could always keep reading shit. Right. Yeah. Which they were reading newspapers and probably more well informed than people who have the internet in their hand. But that's beside the point. That's not the topic. Um, but the point is, once that shit's like pen to paper and it's out there for people to know about, mm-hmm. there it is. There's a talk of the town. Yeah. And this is what we're gonna do now. Mm-hmm. This is the new, the newest. This is the most exciting thing we've dealt with in probably like six months. Here it is. Yeah. Because I mean, even now, forty, fifty. Years later, 60 years later, I keep forgetting what year it is. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Long time. It's still exciting. Right, yeah, it's still exciting. Like, this story, it gets... So imagine if that's... It's getting me pumped and... Yes. You know? Imagine if that story was like last week, how pumped you'd be. Right. You're pumped now. Yeah. It predated your birth by many years. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So this was reported in the newspaper all over the place. And it caught the attention of journalist, journalist and UFOologist John Keane all the way up in New York City. Oh, wow. That's, you know, it's good. Yeah. So he would, he will go on to write the book, The Mothman Prophecies. Yes. He, that is him. That's the same guy. Yeah. Yes. Which is later uh, a Richard Gere movie. Under the same name is made. You know what I've been thinking about watching recently? I've been thinking about watching that. That. But all the cool websites I've come across say it leaves all this awesome stuff out. So it's like, really? Oh, yeah. Everything I read about it was like, well, it leaves this, this out, this like, out. Did they, did they want to make it more believable? I, How about you just throw it all in my face? I don't know. I, I saw the movie, but it was probably in like 06. So I don't really remember it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't very memorable. No, I watched it. Like, it was cool because like I liked the Mothman. But, right, but if that story can be better, which I'm going to experience now, yeah, I mean, come on, give it to me. I guess there's a lot of like things like addressed, but they don't like full blown address them. Like, like uh, the grinning man. I guess there's like hints at it or something like that. I came across, but yeah, I don't remember. I, yeah, I think a lot of it's like they they're ambiguous and they just tease stuff. Yeah, I think so. Maybe they they didn't want to go all out, make it more believable. We'll have to we'll have to watch it though. That's true. Soon, so yeah. we can uh, we come back and maybe give them. Some comments on that. Yeah, sure. I think that'd be cool. So af- after uh, the original sighting that kind of broke the story, hundreds of eyewitness accounts would go on for the next 13 months. Oh, my God. Such a long time. So I, I'm going to read you some of them. Please do. God, some quick short it. ones. Yes. Which I took, again, from Mothman fandom, but they use John Keel's book, Strange Creatures from Space and Time, or Time and Space. To, you, that's they took them all from there. Either way, the actual book. So either way, it's a great title for a book. Right. All right. So we're gonna go up to. All right. So these are all from it. Some of these predate the story that broke everything, all that stuff. But we're gonna start in 1965. Let's do it. 1965, a woman living living on the Ohio River, some miles from Clendenin, West Virginia, was amused when her seven-year-old son ran into the house one day and, and excitedly told her that he had seen an angel, a man with wings. She assumed it was just his imagination and thought no more of it, until the next year when the Mothman sightings started being report, reported. Summer of 1966, a woman in the Ohio Valley, the wife of a doctor, was in her backyard when a six-foot-long thing soared past her very rapidly. She thought it resembled a giant butterfly, and she dared mention the incident only to a few people. September 1st, 1966, at about 2 p.m. on the afternoon of Thursday, Mrs. James Eichhardt of Scott, Mississippi, was astonished to see a man flying around above the Pineland Plantation. She telephoned the Delta Democrat Times, Greenville, Mississippi, and a reporter armed with cameras was rushed to the scene. He found several people staring at it, all claiming that they had seen an object shaped like a man maneuvering overhead. It got down pretty low and then would go up, Mrs. Eichhardt told him. I've never seen anything like this before. 
On November 1st, 1966, a National Guardsman at the armory camp near Conley Road in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, saw a large brown humanoid figure perched on the limb of a tree. He only reported it after the Mothman story came to light. Yes. On November 17th, 1966, a teenage boy on Route 7 near Cheshire, Ohio, reportedly saw a gray man shaped with creature with red eyes and a 10-foot wingspan. The creature pursued the witness's automobile. Captain Paul Yoder and Benjamin Anox, both volunteer firemen from Point Pleasant, revealed that they had seen a very large bird in the TNT area on November 18, 1966. It was definitely a bird, they stated flatly, with big red eyes, but it was huge. We'd never seen anything like it. The red eyes part, man. Yeah. It's not just a bird. A couple reported to a Charleston patrolman that they had seen a large bird near Ferry Branch. Its wing spread was wider than their truck. It flew over their truck, landed in a tree, and then flew up Ferry Branch Hollow. On November 20th, 1966, a bird about four feet tall with red half moons under his eyes was reported by Howard Miller. It landed on a school bus shelter in Dixie, Nicholas County, West Virginia. Six teenagers claimed to have seen a gray man-sized creature with red eyes at Campbell's Creek, West Virginia. Five teenagers driving around Campbell's Creek, West Virginia, on the night of November 20th, 1966, are said to have had the shock of their lives when headlights bounced off a man-sized, bird-like creature standing beside a rock quarry. It turned and scurried off into the woods. Nobody believes us because we were teenagers, said Brenda Jones. <laughs> Makes sense, unfortunately. But it was real scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you guys not believe might not believe this shit I'm talking about. But it was scary. It terrified us, so like maybe there's some credence there. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I, I'm not telling the story for fun. Right, yeah. I mean, come on. I know, okay. On November 24th, 1966, two adults and two children were driving past the TNT area in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, when they saw a giant flying creature with red eyes. Their report added to the growing chaos. Yeah, it did. Four people outside of Lowell, Ohio, are said to have spent a fascinating Saturday afternoon watching a group of gigantic birds flutter about the trees near Cat's Creek. They saw no glowing red eyes. Witness Marvin Shock offered, but they did see four very strange creatures and kept them in view for two hours on November 26, 1966. Marvin Shock, who was accompanied by his two children, Marquine and Philip, first noticed the birds in some branches. They looked about as big as a man would moving around in the trees, Shock said later. When we started walking toward them for a closer look, we were about 100 yards from them. They took off and flew up the ridge. The tree f- trio followed the birds by car and saw them settle on the edge of the woods, about 200 yards from the, ho- the home of Ewing Tilton. Tilton joined them. Both men agreed that the birds stood from 4 to 5 feet tall and had a wing spread of at least 10 feet. They had dark brown backs with some light flecks, Tilton observed. Their breasts were gray and had five or six inch bills, straight, not curved like those of hawk or vultures. Shock thought there was a reddish cast to their heads. The birds kept their distance and then finally flew away. Can I just point out, this is proof no one had anything else to do. Right. They spent two hours following birds. <laughs> yeah. like, what is that? Uh-huh. November 26, 1966, Charleston, West Virginia, 50 miles from Point pleasant a woman awaiting the arrival of her husband at her small home looks out the window and sees something most peculiar two glowing red eyes sitting on a lurking six foot tall feathered being the next night an identical sighting is made in the same city by a 13 year old child on december 6 1966 a mailman in maysville kentucky claimed to see a giant bird-like creature in flight on December 6, 1966, two adults in the TNT area of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, witnessed a giant gray man-like figure with glowing red eyes. On December 7, 1966, in Ohio, Ohio near the Athens-Hawking County line on Route 33, a car nearly collided with a giant bird. The four women in the car described the usual mo- Mothman descriptions. 
Yes. I'm <laughs> glad at this point it's the usual. Like, you yeah. know, you know, yeah. you know, he's got wings. Well, it was a Mothman. We saw the Mothman. He's, yeah, he's got wings. He's got red eyes. He's a dark figure. He's very bird feathers. He's he's a Mothman. On December 11th, 1966, an adult male and a young boy claimed to see a man-shaped figure gray and flying overhead at great speed. December 11th, 1966, Caitlin Beaver reported something flew over her car near Wilson Strait in West Virginia. Two women swore they saw a Mothman fly to meet a UFO on May 19th, 1967. Whatever he wants to do. The flying creature with glowing red eyes approached the hovering, luminous object and disappeared. Jesus. We were driving past the TNT area on 62 around 10.30 p.m., Brenda Stone said, when we saw two bright light, red lights on a shadowy form in a high tree just off the road. Suddenly, this big red light appeared, approached the tree, and the form rose up towards it and disappeared then the big light took off to the north so yes i I read you a good amount of sightings they're great but there's like it just goes i believe you like we just hit summertime most of that was in november december yeah and it's just nonstop. like people are seeing this all over uh i should mention that point pleasant is the heart of everything here yes and it's right across from the ohio border gotcha and so that's why Ohio's mentioned yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's like a circle. Yeah. The radius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Lots of... Yeah, lots of awesome stuff. Nothing but Mothman stuff. Nothing but Mothman. And I loved that one point, just like, yeah, the Mothman. At this point, you know what he is. We saw this like, thing yeah, we, we were talking about. Yeah, we saw about. the Mothman, finally. Yeah, we get it. He's got wings, he's got red eyes. He's flying around. I like the part where he decided to go into a UFO. Yeah. Potential, yeah. potential ship. Uh-huh. Potential craft, the moth craft. So a lot of these accounts, too, it wasn't mentioned in any of these quotes that I just read, but a lot of them say that this thing doesn't flap its wings. It takes off almost vertically. Yes. Like it just kind of like spreads its wings, and then it just launches into the air. Like Kind of like a rocket pack. Like it takes it d- off like a, a helicopter is what it's described by a few people, and they don't you don't see it flap its wings, really. Yeah. It almost uses it as gliding. And so the reason, I don't know if you know this or not, we'll just see. from your love of the Mothman. Go ahead. But, I mean, I found out my love is very peripheral. There's uh, so many things <laughs> I didn't know about this creature. So I guess the reason it became named the Mothman was because during a press release, somebody referred to it as Batman and then called it the Mothman, like Batman. Yeah. But because that was when... Uh, I'm going to blank on his name. Oh, right Adam now. West? Adam West. Yes. That's when the, that Batman series was just kind of becoming popular. <laughs> so like, yeah, like, they were like, the Mothman. Yeah, he's like, he's like Batman, but he's like the Mothman. Yeah, because... It's like a moth. Like a, yeah. Glowing red eyes. Yeah, it's... God, what a hallmark. The glowing red eyes. Yeah. What a calling card. Yeah, for real. But yeah, imagine... <laughs> imagine like trying to... Your best form of reference, because there's like nothing else to pay attention to, is Adam West Batman. Yeah. No, no, he's like Batman, but he's a Mothman. <laughs> it's like a moth. Yeah, I don't know if he fights crime or what he does. Yeah, I don't know what he's up to, but he's... Don't know what he's got in his goddamn utility belt. Yeah, but, but he's, he's out there. He's freaking everybody out. Doing stuff. Yeah, he's doing... He's doing Mothman stuff. Right. But so that last quote I uh, read... Yeah. He's going to a UFO... Yeah. That's new. We escalated it, right? Right. Well, that brings me to, there is a lot of non-Mothman weird-ass shit happening in Point Pleasant and area. Let's do it. During the same time the Mothman is happening. Yes, let's do it. The entire time the Mothman sightings are happening, there are strange reports of doors being unlocked, opening and closing on their own, glass breaking and an overall rise in poltergeist-like events in the area. Intriguing. Right? Also, aliens. Why not? UFO UFO sightings are getting out of control here as well. (laughs) So, it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Yes. So, uh, I'll... Another thing that's associated with some of these sightings, uh, a lot of people are reporting having feelings of sadness or terror. Not necessarily their terror, but just kind of like a, a overall dread, like foreboding, right? Just gr- you know, gloom and doom. Yeah, like they're empathically interacting with 
something. They don't know what, but yeah. Uh, one man claimed to. This is in the documentary I watched. Uh, sure. So I'm kind of going from memory here. He claimed that he awoke at about, I think he said around 3 a.m. And he said he was just kind of staring out the window when he was laying in bed and he didn't really know why he had awoke or anything. And he said he just kind of like rolled over and looked and there was a figure just standing in his room with him. Oh, no. It had glowing red eyes. Of course it did. But this is new, too. He said that it seemed to be a man... Uh, but instead of feathers, he said it was wearing a gray cloak. Like, he couldn't see its arms, but it appeared to be wearing, like, a single cloak or, like, robe. Okay. And, but the color seems to match the Mothman. Yeah. But he said he was paralyzed by fear and then just kind of overwhelmed by it. So. Yeah. That's weird. Um, well, I'm saying is that if I was a Mothman and wanted to, like, hide my wings, I'd put on that cool trench coat. Yeah. Right? I mean, just the cool right. duster. Or that cool blue. Or the yeah, <laughs> where, metallic. Where did, yeah, where'd the metallic blazer go? You know, that looks awesome. Yeah. What a wild thing to be part of any story. Yeah. We're talking about a Mothman here, and I'm obsessed with the blazer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Why was he wearing that? Idris, why are you wearing that? Yeah. All right, so. Uh, it's a space suit. It's in, his U- it's in his UFO. The guy's happy about it, too. He just can't stop smiling because he's like, I he's got like, the best jacket. Look at me. <laughs> I look, look at fucking me. cool. You know what's cool? If I take this off, I've got badass wings. But mm-hmm. right now, just a slick dude. Yeah. He slicks back like his moth hair. Like, <laughs> I guess he's in his human form when he's yeah. in that. So, I mean, so John, John Keel is here during this entire time. Yeah. But while he's here, or in Point Pleasant, yes. I should say. Yes. Uh, he's receiving strange and threatening phone calls. Why wouldn't he? Woodrow Derenberger is also getting weird phone calls, even though he's been suffering ridicule for, you know, saying this grinning man stopped me and talked to him, but he didn't talk. That's the thing. Why can't... Come on. But so he changed his number, and it's unlisted, and he's still receiving these weird calls, and... He could be a whole episode on that, dude. Could but very that's well. all I'm going to say. Sure. So. Yes. This is where things, you want to just get more weird? Can we please get weird? Yeah, we're going to get more weird. It's this. It's half of this show. <laughs> Let's get so weird. So, witnesses around Point Pleasant are being approached by bizarre men. I don't like how that starts at all. perfectly <laughs> new black suits. Don't like this at all. They all kind of roll up in nice, clean cars. Uh, But something is off about them. Like, nothing glaringly off, but once you start interacting with them, things are strange. Okay. A tie out of style. Uh Uh-oh. Some would say, after later years, they were either in the past or some were future styles not yet to have happened. Oh, no. They were unable to speak sometimes in natural sentences. Very uh, awkward and just standoffish sometimes. Just not socially adept. Not capable of interacting with normal people. Great. Uh, Sometimes when handed things like a pen, they would be uh, kind of dumbfounded by it. Oh, geez. And just like, sure. What is this thing? You, you know what we don't need in the Mothman story? Fish out of water humor. <laughs> what is, I don't know what a pen is. Mm-hmm. They don't know this, but I just know about UFO stuff. Right. They would seem visibly dumbfounded when... Jesus. ...having to interact in totally normal situations for the average adult human. We're used to talking with our minds. One claimed to be from an Ohio town... And when a man in the room said he was from the next town over of that Ohio town, the strange man in the black suit had no idea where it was. He didn't read yeah, his um, his intelligence briefing. Wasn't that his bare bones? And this was also, that direct incident was a member of the family had been involved with the Mothman sighting, but... They were having people over because 
they had a newborn child. Okay. And like, it was kind of like a celebration thing. And sure. This weird dude is just in there. Oh no. So everybody thinks like they, they know he's with somebody and he's not. Yeah. And then, uh, there's another incident when somebody comes to interview and he brings, uh, recording equipment and he's obviously never used it before. No. He has no idea what he's doing. Come on, dumb, dumb. And so th- it was also noted by a lot of these people that had these encounters with these strange fucking guys Yeah, that they would take things from those they interviewed, like just small personal items. Okay. You know, nothing of consequence, but things wouldn't just Interesting. Things that they may have touched with their DNA on them or something. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows what they were doing? So it was mentioned in uh, that police report, uh, Mary Mallet's report. She said, Mrs. Meyer, or Hire, sorry. Sure. Can't read my own handwriting that's, sometimes. You know what? That's, <clears throat> that's fine. It's very authentic. Uh, but Mary Hire was a reporter for the Athens Messenger. It was a Point Pleasant newspaper. Okay. Her column called Where the Waters Mingle often wrote about strange things that were happening in the area. I like it. Mm -hmm. So she was said to have been approached by two men wearing black suits with strange haircuts, an oriental look with olive skin. They asked her what she would do if asked to stop reporting on UFOs. I mean, these guys are bad. Whatever they're doing, they're bad at it. They're really bad at it. (laughs) They're so awkward. Whatever they're doing, they're so terrible at it. They're no uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. No, they're, (laughs) they're absolutely not. There's no Fresh Prince swagger to these guys whatsoever. Right. So she gave her a response somewhere along the lines of suck it. Yeah. Um, Double birds. So the same day, though, a similar looking man visited her, creeped her out. So she went to a co-worker's office. So she was not alone with the man. And he basically asked the exact same fucking question. Man, you guys, you're just dropping the ball here. So, what would, what would you, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> what would you do if I asked you this question? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. But all of this weird shit is going on. Like, what? right. People are freaking out. Something's happened here. So, put a pin in this. We got to look into the Flatwoods monster. We will. We're not going to talk about it. No, but we will. On this. Some zoologist shows up talking about the Mothman here. Okay says it's a sandhill crane that got lost while migrating. Always a fucking crane. Yeah, it's a bird. Yeah, okay. Uh, which, you know, could make sense. Except? Except for uh, sandhill cranes are four feet. They got long legs, long neck, which everybody says the thing doesn't have like a head that's visible. Yeah. But they're big birds. So they, right. It's not, they have up to a seven foot wingspan and they stand sure. about four feet tall. They're huge. But I mean, it's a crane though. Also, how many cranes have glowing red eyes? Oh, they do have red oh, or they... circles around their eyes. Oh, shit. Like, glowing? Okay. All no, right. no, no, no. All right. They're not glowing, though. Mm. Mm-hmm. Others say it's a mutated bird because the TNT area is a wildlife reserve for birds. It is not just called the TNT area for fun. This has been mentioned multiple times, and I was waiting to address it here. Sure. So the TNT area is part of Point Pleasant. Uh, used to be a big weapons manufacturing plant during World War II. Well, that's the beginning of any conspiracy. Right. Great. Tons of ha- hazardous chemicals are left there in this wildlife preserve. Man. And birds are all about. like You getting fucked up? Well, I mean, birds might be down to get fucked up. But, I mean, they're everywhere. Got it. In this thing. Sure. Some military guy eventually comes out and he says the Green Berets are practicing new combat maneuvers for Vietnam. Halo parachuting, which Halo is high altitude, low opening. Right. It was a new new thing they were trying out, and they were using infrared reflectors on the soldiers. Oh. Uh, but people are seeing them as glowing red. It doesn't make sense. Not good. It's some crazy shit. <laughs> like, what is happening? Right. Yeah. December 15th, 1967, rush hour, a Friday, 10 days before Christmas. Oh, no. The Silver Bridge connecting Ohio to West Virginia <sighs> through the town of Point Pleasant. Oh, dear. Collapses. Christ, here it is. 
46, 46 people were sent hurtling into the freezing waters of the Ohio River. This, that's it. There it is. And he said that there were Christmas presents floating in the water. Because just how much more depressing can it be? Mm-hmm. They said... Some reports said that the screams were muffled very quickly, oh my, which... Oh, my God. I mean... Makes sense, right? Yeah. Like not good. Mm-hmm. There's water down there. People died pretty quickly. Uh, I saw a psychic that was there said that it felt... Like everything was sudden and over. And he said, if he goes, that's how he would like to go in some sense. You know, probably not with all the trauma of collapsing bridge, but. Right. I mean, you're not just, once you're down there, you might be out, but it collapses. You get that like 10 seconds of just terror. Mm -hmm. Real cool. So that list of uh, curses. Yes. I stopped before the 60s. Uh, because we were going to talk about all this. Right. So this was part of that list of uh, horrible things that have happened in this area. Oh, my God. And there's a few. It keeps going, too. Like, there's more terrible events have happened in that area. But really, all we can say here is, what is the Mothman? What is the Mothman? Was he an omen, a cryptid, a monster, aliens? Was he part of a curse? What the fuck? What the fuck is right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? He's. I mean, what if he's? I mean, that's a little bold. He's. What if he's? He could be all of these things. Yeah, um, like that's, he, that's kind of what a uh, that author gets to, John Keel. Yeah, he. <clears throat> I can only say what I've seen summarized very quickly by people. Sure. I haven't read any of his books, unfortunately. Sure. Yeah. But he eventually goes on to call the Mothman an ultra-terrestrial. That is my new favorite term. Yeah. and I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, if we were to ever start a Weird and Feared book club, yeah. that's just like the first or second choice right there. Right. And uh, so... Continuing on from that, the yes. Mothman, as we know, because we, we're going to keep going with the Mothman. Well, guess yeah. Well, guess what? This is not. We're not done with the Mothman or moth-like creatures. No, we got some stuff. Just stick around. But he's or, been seen. Yeah, at other, at other disasters. I don't know if you're going to touch on that. Um, I I I stuck to the Great Lakes region. Okay. So anything beyond that is so, is nothing I deal with. So there's a. Blackbird of Chernobyl. Oh, I did come across that creature. Okay. So he was seen before the Chernobyl incident. Yes. It was said that he was seen during 9-11. What? Get out of town. And then I'll leave the other one alone because it's in the Great Lakes region. Oh, all right. Sure. I don't know if you're going to come across it, but we can talk about that later. If it, I mean, you'll have time to interject, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When our knowledge combined... But yeah, Point Pleasant, Point West Pleasant, Virginia, West Virginia, home of the Mothman. They still say they see him there sometimes. Home of the Mothman. Mm-hmm. Man, how would you feel about going across that bridge that they rebuilt? Be risky. Oh, uh, I, I out? don't think they rebuilt it. They didn't. I'm they just, not entirely sure. Or they just? I think they moved it. Holy like, I don't shit. think it's over the same same area. They just left it alone. Uh, it's got to be close, but sure. I don't know exactly where they rebuilt it because there's definitely a bridge that goes over it. Left it kind of as a memorial, maybe. Mm-hmm. Just, I think there is a memorial. That's huge. Yeah, and Point Pleasant actually has a Mothman celebration. I think it's the third week of. You know, I can September. I can only think of one thing cooler than Mule Day, and <laughs> it would be Mothman celebration in West yeah. Point <laughs> Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Right, and I guess it's a big thing. It's kind of like been revitalizing the town hey man if i can help point pleasant out i'll well put that in our map or road map yeah there's a lot of places to go oh i would love to go to mothman days or whatever the hell it's called yeah they have a statue of the mothman in town now it's a cool statue it is pretty cool he's got a cool fucking beak they made him look real cool and scary Mm Mm-hmm. yeah mothman mania it's running wild 
Mothman Mania. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's the yes, that's the intro to the Mothman, basically. Right, exactly. Like, without going down every little rabbit hole, no, it gets wild. Because guess what? We can get there. Yeah, and we will. And we absolutely because why? Are we going to talk about the Grinning Man in coal? That could coal? be a whole thing. He is a whole thing. He is a whole thing. Yeah. Are we going to talk about these weird dudes wearing black suits showing up in town here? I mean, these guys, I don't know why a commune routine got worked in this Mothman story, but these guys are hilarious. <laughs> I mean, they're essentially the three stooges yeah. minus two stooges. This is like, this should be a comedy movie. It's like a shtick thing. It <laughs> is, yeah. What would you do if we told, if somebody told you? If we told you to stop talking about aliens, yeah, would you, uh, yeah, what would you, you do? What would you do though? Would you like stop or would you like keep doing it? Why? I'm just asking. It's just hypothetical. If if somebody didn't want to, you know, if you don't if you want to stop talking about them, what would you? I'm just just asking. Right. Just asking. Just asking. Don't worry hypothetically. about it. Hypothetically, I'm gonna I'm gonna just drink my coffee, and he has like the coffee cup upside down and spills it on him. Yeah, so he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Right. That sounds like what these <laughs> yeah. things were doing. Oh shit. Whatever they are. Uh, yeah. They weren't the best and the brightest. No, they of were whatever uh, they are. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, like I said, we don't need fish out of water hijinks when a bridge is about to kill forty some people. Right. Yeah, and. Unfortunately, that's where that story culminates, because after that, uh, people were very focused on the Mothman around this area at this point. So, like, there's odd sightings here and there after this bridge collapses. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, it kind of fell off because people became more intrigued by the bridge collapse. So. Yeah, because they lost people they care about. Right. Oh, and that's another thing I should mention is that a lot of the, or not a lot, but... <clears throat> some of the people on that bridge were ones that had confirmed sightings and reported sightings and all that stuff. And that's why a lot of it gets tied in as, is this an omen? Right. Like, is is he paranormal? Like, is it some sort of death omen? Right. And, you know, it could go any way, you know. A lot of weird stuff. Man, it really could. And God, God damn, gets me so excited. Because, I mean, like you said, what the hell is he? <laughs> yeah. What and is... with so, so much other weird phenomenon going on at the same time. Yeah, he's a whole package deal. There's whole, so many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a wild time in uh, West Virginia there. God, for a bit. Yeah, what an, I mean, yeah, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, everything I've covered uh, sure. tonight, you should check out that documentary, too. Yeah, what's it, do you remember it's what it's called? It's called The Mothman of Point Pleasant. It's on Amazon streaming. Yes. It's only about an hour long, but solid watch. Yes, I might have to. I, I want to. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. And, yeah, there's tons of writings on it and everything, so good stuff. Yeah, well, I will absolutely do that. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess that would be, because we can kind of we can kind of um, drop the secret. Next week, guys, we're talking about more Mothman. Yep. Where is he located? Is it the Windy City? Oh, yeah. Is it the Gretter Lakes area? Do you know how many people have seen a Mothman-like creature in the city of Chicago? Guess what? Next week you're going to find out. And you get to, unlike this story that we've had 50 years to reflect on it. Yeah. This, what's coming next week is ongoing. Mm-hmm. So I hypothesize and I list a lot of a lot of sightings. Yeah. And the mystery we can all solve together because that story is still going on. So, I mean, I guess I guess that's a good place to... Put a pin and you know check this one off the done box. Oh yeah, but we open up so many alley you know alleyways and av- avenues. I didn't even touch to on some stuff. There's so much because you will. Yeah, we'll get there. You will. I mean, that's. I feel like we say that every episode. We'll get there. Because <laughs> I mean, it's not saying it's like a planned out like series, but like a good TV show. We'll give little hints here and there. Yeah. So if you want to re-listen and be like, oh, they mentioned they're gonna talk about the. The Mothman, like episode three or whatever. Oh, yeah, and, and when we come s- to it, we're putting pins in it. Right? It's no joke. Yeah, no, it's no joke. Um, but yeah, this podcast is called Weird and Feared, and that was weird. That was, and it's a little fearful. Yeah, actually terrifying because people actually got murdered. 
Yeah, people, people died. died. A lot of people died. I'm not saying the Mothman killed them, but... A lot, of, a lot of people saw some scary shit, too. Yeah, before they... Man. Well, I'm Nick, and uh, that's Zach. And sure. if by some chance you want to um, tell us about a monster you want us to talk about, or have any ideas for podcasts, or because we talk about a lot of sightings. Yeah. If you have, in fact, seen a monster... You oh, yeah, absol- please tell me about it. You should absolutely email weirdandfearedpodcast at gmail.com or leave us some creepy Instagram message and one of the random illustrations that we post. Yes, please do. At Weird and Feared. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we absolutely do. We get, I think we got spooky tonight. Oh, we got spooky. And, and we're, we're going we're gonna to... We're, gonna, we're about to get... We're about to keep the... Uh, the spooky vibes coming because next week, man, it's the Chicago Mothman. Keep the spooky train rolling. Choo-choo.